Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. And I pray, Lord God, in this very first session of this conference across this weekend, that Holy Spirit, you would fill every single one of us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. May our hearts overflow with a good theme. May our hearts overflow with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray that you would flood our minds. We pray that you would fill our hearts. Lord, we pray for every single person in the room and for those who are joining us online. We pray that you would touch them in that place, in that room, in that seat, in their beds, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we speak as we've been singing tonight. We speak the name of Jesus over every circumstance. We speak the name of Jesus over every marriage that needs healing, that needs restoration. We speak the name of Jesus over every family, over every child, over every parent. We speak the name of Jesus over those who are unwell, uh, physically, uh, emotionally, Lord, even mentally. We thank you for the name of Jesus. We thank you, dear God, that uh, you never judge us. You never point the finger of judgment, but you're always extending a hand to help us and to deliver us from ourselves. So, Lord, we want to say thank you. Thank you for this time. Lord, it is so good to be here. Lord, we've been so enjoying worshipping you. And we pray, Lord, that our worship has touched your heart. We pray that our worship has blessed you. Lord, we thank you that uh, you inhabit the praises of your people. And Lord, we just thank you for salvation. We thank you for healing. We thank you for breakthroughs. And even as we commit these sessions to you over the next couple of days, we pray that uh, you'd give us ears to hear and eyes to see, and a willing heart that would be humble enough to surrender to you that we might become fully devoted disciples that go into our community and reach the lost. Lord, we just understand that we live uh, among a people, Lord God, where uh, they're just battling so many things, Lord God, and we know that they're looking for answers. And I pray, Lord God, that we might be the answer. I pray, Lord God, that we might be one of the answers, and we just commit every other church to you in the community. We thank you for every church that lifts up the name of Jesus, that you would bless them. Uh, We know, Lord, that you will bless them, for we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. But we thank you for souls. We thank you for baptisms. We thank you for disciples and disciple makers. In Jesus' name, we humbly ask. Lord, we're expectant. We're excited. We're looking forward to what we're going to hear across uh, these four sessions. And Lord, I just really want to say thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to extend your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we please give the Lord a mighty hand of praise? Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Luke, would you mind just uh, continuing to play? Uh, Can we just encourage our worship team? They've done a wonderful job uh, today. God bless you so much. That's wonderful. And uh, can everyone see the man behind the keyboard? Yeah, of course you can. Well, he 
and his dear wife, Noella, had a baby boy a couple of days ago. Woo! And then there were five. All up, by the way, three children. Uh, they've got three boys now, and uh, we've got a little something for you, uh, which we'll present to you tomorrow morning. And uh, we, we trust that Noella is doing well, yeah, recovering well, and it's so wonderful that he would come out uh, tonight. So welcome again. It's really great to have you. We're in, we're in for a great time, and uh, great to see so many out on a Saturday night. You know, Psalm 84 verse 10 says that one day in the house of the Lord is better than a thousand elsewhere. Imagine what giving God a whole weekend is going to represent. Yeah, so it's really wonderful. We're in for a great time. I want us to uh, give uh, uh, Matthew and Catherine Bolt an official Gateway Life Church welcome. Let's welcome them all the way from Queensland. They've landed um, at a time in Aubrey-Wodonga where the, the temperature is a bit high, but they're used to that, uh, being in Queensland. So uh, we've got uh, a water baptism service coming up, our fifth one for the year. So that's exciting. Yeah, our fifth one for the year. And that's going to be, as you can see, at 10 a.m. Uh, Sunday, November 26. We've already had a couple of people put their hand up. And uh, they're looking at me right now with a big grin. So it's so exciting. And uh, so if you haven't been water baptized, uh, then at this time, I'd like you to come and see myself or one of your life group leaders. Uh, so that's coming up. And uh, yeah, so what I would like to do now is uh, just talk a little bit uh, about Matthew and uh, Catherine Bolt. And uh, so I first met uh, this couple at the Crosslink Christian Network Conference at the beginning of the year in Sydney. And uh, I was with uh, Paulie and Otter, and uh, we were walking back to our hotel room, uh, just reflecting on the day. It was a great day. And uh, I was saying to Paul, I said, you know what, Paul, out of all the things that I feel that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me about, it's this. I believe that I need to grow in my prayer life. And I could even tell that Paul was a little bit kind of shocked because, you know, by God's grace, I know how to pray and things like that. But it's not so much about a public place of worship, but developing our private devotion. And so I said, I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to grow more and more in my prayer life. And so the very next morning of the start of the conference, uh, Paul and I got there early and, uh, and that's where I saw Matthew and Catherine. I didn't know who they were, uh, but we just went and introduced ourselves. And so I said, like, what do you do? And they said, well, we head up uh, the Australian Prayer Network and we travel the nation equipping churches and teaching them how to pray more effectively. And I thought, well, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> go figure. Um, and I began to share with them what, you know, I felt the Holy Spirit was saying to me. And, and so they're a great couple. And uh, we're going to look at four sessions. Uh, two of those are tonight. We're going to finish this session at, at around about 7.30. Uh, then we'll have a 30-minute uh, stretch break with coffee and some uh, something to, to eat and things like that. There's actually a water cooler in the foyer. Uh, with cups there, obviously, you got cold water or, or room temperature, uh, toilets out into the foyer, turn right, and they're on your left for those who don't know. And, uh, but without further ado, what I would like to do right now 
is introduce to you Matthew and Catherine Bolt. Let's welcome them as, I'm not sure if they're both coming right now or just one of them, but welcome. Great to have you at Gateway Life Church and in Aubrey Wodonga. Good, good evening, everybody. Yeah, I know. Sorry, eh? We're from Queensland and we, we say g'day to everybody up there, so that's okay. Matthew Bolt is my name and this is my wife and co-worker uh, in the gospel, uh, Kathy. We've been married over 40 years. We have four adult children, three grandchildren. We live in a small little country town in between Ipswich and Warwick up in southeast Queensland there. And, uh, and we travel the nation uh, teaching on prayer and have been doing that for quite some time. Before that, we were pastors of a church in Townsville in North Queensland. And before that, we were pastors of the little church in the town we've moved back and live in uh, there in Boona in southeast Queensland. So throughout this weekend, uh, Kathy and I will be hopping up and down and doing some of the teaching and sharing, but we do want to engage you as much as we can. So if you get to a point where you don't understand what I'm saying, and it's not because of my Queensland accent, but you actually don't understand it, then please shout out, sing out, put your hand up and ask a question, uh, because it's not just about downloading information, it's about all of us growing together in prayer. So take a seat, thanks. Okay, so let's just give you a little summary of where we're going for the weekend so you've got some idea of, uh, of what this is all about. This, uh, this uh, seminar series is called uh, Growing in Prayer. And we're going to start with this basic uh, statement that intimacy with your Heavenly Father is the starting point of prayer. That's where prayer starts, that's where prayer is founded and grounded, and that's where you always need to remain. Intimacy with the Father is the starting point of prayer. As you hang out with your Heavenly Father and hear how much He loves you, and you tell Him how much you love Him, and as your heart begins to grow and swell and, and you're really excited about that, and, and this should be the relationship that every single believer has, as you do that, sooner or later, your Heavenly Father is going to share with you more than what He just thinks about you. Because He's going to tell you how great you are, how wonderful you are, how much He loves you, how He created you and knit you together in your mother's womb, His call on your life. He's going to tell you all those things. But sooner or later, He's going to tell you more than that. He's going to begin to share with you His heart for other people. Intimacy with the Father moves to intercession because your heavenly father is going to give you part of his heart for your neighbours or your friends or another nation or a situation in your town or your country and he's going to place that in your heart so you can see in the diagram now up the back here here's you in the middle now in between your heavenly father that's his big red heart there with the cross in the middle and some situation somewhere and you are standing in the gap and I'm going to explain that uh, extensively in the next session you're standing in the gap but intimacy leads to intercession 
praying for others. And intercession leads to effective mission and evangelism. Or could I say obedient action. Starts with intimacy. It leads to intercession as you begin to pray for what's on the Father's heart. Now hear how I've worded that. Not, not you telling God what he should be doing and how he should be fixing it. We're pretty good at doing that, aren't we? Or is that just me telling God how he should fix and sort this thing out? I've spent a lifetime doing that. It's actually the other way around. It's our Father inviting us into what's his heart's desire. And as we begin to pray and intercede for what God's put on our heart, let's say, for example, it might be your neighbour and your heavenly Father has begun to share with you how much he loves that person next door and you don't really like them at all because they have wild parties at night and throw garbage over their back fence into your yard and it makes your dog sick. So this is a, you know, just a standard kind of issue in Australian suburbia. But as you begin to hang out in intimacy with your father, he begins to talk with you about those people next door and sooner or later you begin to carry his heart for those people and you begin to pray for them and cry out to them on their behalf because they don't know Jesus at all, you're praying for them. But then that's going to lead to obedient action because as you begin to pray for those people, God gives you his heart for them and sooner or later, you're going to hear your father say, who shall I send? <laughs> and I'm sure you're looking, oh, well, I'm going to send the pastor and his wife. We'll, get, we'll send them around. No. Who's been carrying those people in their heart? You have because you've been with your heavenly father in that intimate place of worship and prayer. He shared with you his heart for those people who get up your nose next door and sooner or later you've begun to love them rather than hate them and the Lord tells you, take a meal to them. That is effective mission and evangelism because it's come from the father's heart. That's where we're heading this weekend. Okay, so we're going to touch base on all those three subjects. So in this session now, we want to talk about intimacy as the starting point of prayer. Now, we have a number of males in the room, and as soon as we mention this word intimacy, most men, particularly you know, older Aussie blokes, head for the hills. You know what that expression means, head for the hills? They're out of here. No, no, I'm not talking about that. No, I can fix a car, yeah, but you talk all this lovey-dovey close stuff, nah, not interested. Am I talking the truth here, by the way? Is that, yeah, that's your experience of the, you know, middle-aged man, yep. I used to think like that. But God's changed my heart. Okay? I used to think like that. Here's a short Bible quiz for you. We ready? So I want you to think about the Old Testament. Only the Old Testament. You know, the, the big bit at the front. The Old Testament. What are some of the names in the Old Testament used for God? Can you 
tell me some of them. And I don't mind if you use King James language or modern language. What are some of the names that are given for God in the Old Testament? I couldn't quite hear that. What was that? Elohim. Yep, Elohim. Yahweh. Emmanuel. Yeshua. Jehovah. Now, what about all those Jehovah something or others? You know, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Makadeshkem, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah. You know, have you heard all those things? You probably learned it in Sunday school and didn't really know what it means, but, you know, God is my provider, God is my righteousness, God is my peace, God is my healer, all those, all those kind of big names. So, so that's not too bad a go. And um, then there's El Shaddai, the, the great one, Adonai, Lord God Almighty. And that's how you kind of hear a lot of people pray, a lot of pastors, Lord God Almighty, you know, heaven and other, and you hear all that sort of stuff. You know, that's, that's just really formal, okay? Now, next part of the Bible quiz. You got 10 out of 10 for that one, okay? So give yourselves a pat on the back. Tell me, what is the number one word that Jesus used when talking about God? What word did Jesus use? What name did he give to God? The number one one, the one he used the most, miles above every other name. Was it Jehovah Jireh? Was it Lord God Almighty? Was it El Shaddai? What was it? Say that nice and loud for me. Father. Did you hear that? Time and time and time again, when Jesus is talking about God, his language is like this, my father, my father, my father. Now, I need to get you to understand just how radical that was because you've already told me that in the Old Testament, you've got all these great big long names about God and they're a bit scary, okay? And some, you weren't even allowed to, someone said Yahweh, you weren't allowed to say that um, in Jesus' day, man, you'd, you'd get stoned to death for that so God's name was a bit scary and Jesus comes and talks about God as his father that's that's amazing that's mind-blowing that's really radical no wonder they wanted to kill him by the way because this this was just totally opposed to everything that they had heard about God now, there are two, maybe three references in the Old Testament to God being a father. Everything else is all those great big wheelbarrow names. Have you heard that expression before, wheelbarrow names? When, when, you, you, know, when you get invited to come and read the Scriptures and you get that passage you know, in the Old Testament in Leviticus where all the family names are and you can't pronounce them, have you tried that before? You just say wheelbarrow, okay? Oh, and wheelbarrow was the son of wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow, and, and oh, Joseph, oh, I can read that one, and Japheth and Jacob, and then wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow. That's, that's what you use, okay? So all those big wheelbarrow names for God, Jesus did not use them. He used Father. In fact, when he was speaking to people, he always used the language, my father. 
My father did this. My father sent me. My father and I are one. I only do what my father is doing and I only say what my father is saying. And when Jesus prayed, he used that language as well. Father, Father, I'm praying out loud, not because I need to, but because these, and let me use North Queensland language here, these knuckleheads don't understand who you are, so I've got to pray out loud. Do you, have you heard that word knucklehead before? That means your brain's full of bricks, okay? These people don't understand about you. I'm going to pray out loud so they can hear how I talk to you. Father, that's, that's how he prayed. In fact, when Jesus was talking to other people about God, he used the language, your father. When he was talking to other people about God, he said, your father has done this and this and this and this. This is a radical departure from stiff-necked religion. And I'm not sure how much stiff-necked religion you have in Albury-Wodonga, but let me tell you, it's alive and well in Queensland. And stiff-necked religion is full of big names and big words and lots of rules. Jesus introduced God as Father. Now, in a minute, I'm going to talk about how difficult that name can be in our current culture, but I just, I just want to pause and, and get to understand this a little bit. Because that's not kind of a God away up there language. That's very intimate and very personal. Father. You don't use that language unless there's some kind of relationship. And so I want to talk about that now and introduce you to Jesus' prayer life. I want to have a look at his prayer life before we go any further because, well, you can see where I'm going because if Jesus lives in you, then his prayer life is the prayer life that you have. So let's have a look at that. And Jason, I've got a few handouts there. I'm not sure whether there's enough for everybody, but can you spread those around? And if you need to share them, these are not my speaking notes. This is just a resource for you. You can take it home and I would love you to study it, to go and read it and read it and read it again. Take it to your home group and talk about it. So I've pulled out some scriptures about Jesus' prayer life and we're going to have a look at these. So on that little table is a list of the places where we pick up Jesus praying. I'm just going to look at the first four of those tonight and to pull out some points there that, that are really important for you to get a hold of. 
You can put the whole thing up on the screen now if you don't mind. So the first scripture there that I want to have a look at is Luke uh, chapter uh, 3 and verse 21. Now I'm going to read it out to you, but as you hear it, I want you to be asking some questions in your brain. Okay? What was Jesus praying in this scripture that I read to you? And what happens after he prayed? So usually we look at the ministry of Jesus and say, well, he went here and he did this and then the lame man was healed or the blind man was healed or the, your boy who was dead was raised and we love looking at those. But here, particularly in Luke's gospel, he makes sure that we have a permanent record of the prayer life of Jesus. And this is not praying for healing. This is not praying for miracles. This... <clears throat> is Jesus' private conversation with his heavenly Father. So let's have a look at this one. First one, Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. Listen to this and ask yourself, what is Jesus praying and what happens afterwards? One day, when the crowds were being baptised, Jesus himself was baptised. As he was praying... The heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove and a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Okay, so here's the questions again. What was Jesus praying here? Does it tell us? What's the obvious answer? No. It doesn't tell us, does it? It just says... Jesus was praying. Now, it was a public place, lots of people milling around, getting baptised, arguing, John the Baptist haranguing people and preaching and Roman soldiers there and religious people. So there was a great big crowd. Jesus was, came to be baptised, but it says, as he was praying. Notice that. Praying privately in a public place. Place. Write that down if you want to, because you can pray privately in a public place. What happens after Jesus prays? So what happens here? Tell me the things that happen after he prayed, and then we're going to go back and find out what he actually prayed. What, what happened afterwards? The heavens opened... Well, that's pretty cool, isn't it? And what happened next? The Holy Spirit came down. Super cool. Then what happens? A voice from heaven. Now we're getting really amazing, aren't we? And what does the voice say? Yeah. Let me translate it into North Queensland for you. This is my son, and I'm proud of him, and he's doing a great job. You hear that? Yeah. You got my accent? This is my son. This is my boy. I'm proud of him, and he's doing a great job. Wow. This is not 
This is not some, thus saith the Lord, I'm bringing judgment on Israel and fire's going to come from the north and chariots from the south or something. This is totally different to that. This is my boy, I love him and he's doing a great job. What would it be like in your prayer time if you heard your heavenly father say to you, that's my girl. She's awesome. I love her. I love you. What would that be like in your prayer room if you heard that? Just average? No? Good? Yes? Maybe? Would it make you slightly smile? Would it make me feel slightly good on the inside or amazing on the inside? Amazing. Now let me go back and ask, what was Jesus praying? Because it doesn't tell us. But amazingly, the other side of the conversation we do hear. So we don't hear what Jesus prayed to his father, but we hear what the father said to Jesus, okay? So we hear one half of the conversation. Have you ever been in the room when someone's talking on the phone? And, and, and you, can you guess what the conversation's about only by what the person is saying that you can hear? Yeah, you can get a pretty good idea, can't you? So, it says Jesus came to be baptised and as he was praying, the heaven opened, the Holy Spirit came down and God spoke these great words of love and intimacy to his son. So what do you think Jesus was praying when he was standing there? Do you think he was praying, wow, the Jordan River's a bit cold, Father, can't you make that warmer? Or do you think he was praying, and, and let me, <clears throat> this is what I have preached in the past, not, not now, but because most preachers get to this passage of scripture here, and, and we read over the top of the fact that Jesus was praying. We just see, oh, this is, this is the inauguration of Jesus' ministry. Here's the Messiah making a public statement. So Jesus was praying, Father, as I enter into this great work now, would you pour out signs and wonders and show forth your mighty name? And but Friends, that's not what's going on here. Because that's not how the Father responds. How does he respond? This is my boy, I love you, and you're doing a great job. So what do you think Jesus might have been praying? Dad, I love you. Dad, I'm here for you. Whatever you want, Father. How do we know? Well, here's another question. How many grandparents do we have here in the congregation tonight? Put your hand up if you're a grandparent. Okay. So here's the scenario. A knock on the door of your house, and it's your grandkids. And you open up the door and they race in with their arms out wide to you and say, oh, Pop, I love you. How are you going to respond to that? What are you going to say back? I love you or are you going to say, I heard you only got 7 out of 10 in your spelling test. Let's, let's go and practice that a bit more. Is that what you're going to say? Of course not. How are you going to respond when someone says, I love you? I love you too. That's exactly what we're seeing here. The father is responding to Jesus telling his dad that he loves him. You see that? 
This is deeply personal and intimate. And it's actually happening in a public place. And before your brain switches off and you say, yeah, 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 but that's just Jesus and he's different. Because I know a lot of us do that. We get there, no, 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 that's Jesus. He's special. Well, let me just ask you. It says, as he was praying, the heavens opened. Are there any other places in the New Testament when someone other than Jesus was praying and heaven opened? Come on, biblical scholars, are there any? Yes, there is. When, when Stephen was praying in the book of Acts, when he was being killed, he was praying and heaven opened. Is that right? Yeah. The Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. Are there any other places in the New Testament where the Holy Spirit descended on people as they were praying? Oh yeah, Acts 1, Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 6, Acts 8, all the way through the book of Acts. When the church got together in one accord and prayed, the Holy Spirit went wumpa on them. That's another North Queensland term. You see, this is not a special, huh? he's Jesus thing. This is Jesus, our big brother, our pioneer, the one who went first to show us the way. Let me take you to another passage of scripture about Jesus' prayer life. Have a look at this one. Luke chapter 4, verse 42 to 44. So we're staying in Luke, just over a chapter. Jesus had a deeply personal prayer life with his Father and he often clearly told his Heavenly Father that he loved him and we even have the privilege of hearing how the Father responded to that. But Jesus' personal prayer life was more than that because not only was it deeply intimate and personal, Jesus' daily priorities were set by his Heavenly Father in their prayer time. Have a look at this. Luke chapter 4, verse 42. Again, begin to think about what's going on. What is Jesus praying and what happens afterwards? Luke 4, verse 42. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. Now, he'd just been outside uh, Peter's place and a whole pile of people had got healed Demons had gone screaming out everywhere. In fact, there was revival breaking out at the front door of Peter's place. The whole town came. It was a seriously good time. Well, it would be for us, wouldn't it? If that was happening here, people healed, demons gone screaming out, you'd want to do it again, wouldn't you? Well, you'd put out flyers and send it out on Facebook and you'd have them everybody here next night. Well, Jesus has gone off on his own to pray. The crowd searched for him everywhere and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. So they want to do it all again. Listen to Jesus' answer. And I'm going to ask you, where did he get this answer from? Then he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too because that is why I was sent. 
Who sent Jesus? The Father. So who has told Jesus not to stay in this place, but to go to the next town and the next one and the next one and the next one? The crowd? No, 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 no. Don't listen to the crowd. Don't listen to the crowd. They just want what's best for them. Not what's best for your father. So Jesus could answer, I can't stay because my father has said I've got to go from village to village from more and more to speak to them about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of my dad. I've got to tell them that it's here, it's near, it's close. If you would just turn around, that simple language for the, the biblical word, repent. That's, that's, that's what's going on here. His daily priorities. So here's another question. Who sets your daily priorities? Emails, text messages, Facebook, the boss, your parents, your children. Who sets your daily priorities? Because here, Jesus withdrew from the crowd and he heard what he was to do next. That's really important, friends. That's, that's, that's so vitally important. Otherwise, you'll just run around like a chook with your head cut off doing whatever you think is best. And it's not necessarily best. You've got to hear it from your father. Because he knows what's best. So Jesus' daily priorities were set. Let's have a look at the next one. Just flick over a couple more chapters to Luke 6. So, the first scripture we looked at in Luke 3, Jesus was praying privately in a crowd. That last one, he went off early in the morning. Oh, hello. <laughs> early in the morning. Did you hear that? When's a good time to go off and pray and spend time with your father? Uh-huh. Early in the morning. Well, look at this one. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One day soon afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed to God. What's the next two words? Oh, bother. This is an all-nighter. Most of us can probably handle just praying a quickie in a public place. Hmm, early in the morning, I don't know. But all night, this is seriously challenging now because this is not about religion, it's about a relationship. Jesus wanted to be with his father. He wanted to hear how loved he was. He wanted to know what his daily priorities are, but have a look at what happens here. One day, soon afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. How did he know who to choose? Who told him? His father did. Now, when he says he called to him all his disciples, there was probably 
somewhere between 100 and two or 300 people who were hanging out around Jesus all the time. So there's quite a lot of people there. He called them all to him and he only picked 12. Was this choice important, by the way? Was the history of the church dependent on this choice? Yes. Yes. So this is a major decision. And Jesus spent all night in prayer before that decision was made. Perhaps the conversation went something like this. Father, you told me that I've got to go from village to village and declare to them that your kingdom is close by. Have you seen how many villages there are in Jerusalem, in Israel? There's no way I can get to all of those. And maybe the father said, pick a team. Train them up. Yeah, but who am I going to pick? Well, there's James and there's John and there's... And I reckon that's something what like the conversation went like. This is a major life choice decision. And he spent all night in prayer. When you've got a major decision coming up, oh, where am I going to go to uni? What am I going to do after school? Oh, should I buy this house or this business or get married to this person or whatever life, major life decision? What do we do? Well, we generally phone a friend, don't we? Or go on, go, go, on, go Google it and see what Google says. You know Google's just the crowd, don't you? Jesus asked his father. He asked his father. Major decisions were made in this intimate place of prayer and it was all night. So it's praying quietly in a public place. It's going off early in the morning. It's all night in prayer. Aren't you thankful Luke's recorded all this for us? We can actually see all this. Mostly we read over the top of it because we're excited to get to the next healing or the next miracle or the next parable. But here Luke makes sure we see Jesus's prayer life. And as an aside, let me tell you why. Because Luke also wrote another book in the Bible. Do you know which other one he wrote? He wrote the Gospel of Luke. What else did he write? The book of Acts. And in Acts, we see the church praying, 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 more praying, more praying, outpouring of the Spirit, hundreds saved, thousands saved, healings, miracles. Why? Because they learnt to pray. Mm. And finally, out of these scriptures... We could be here all night looking at that whole page, but just the last one. Go back one chapter to Luke 5 and verse 16. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. A very simple little statement says, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. How regularly did he do it? What's the word? How often is often? Often, that's right. 
not just once in a while, he withdrew to the wilderness, to the desert. Have you ever been in the desert in Israel? There's nothing there. Like seriously, nothing, nothing. Like nothing. Rocks and dust and nothing. There's a, a statement that goes something like this about the desert. In the desert, there is nothing to stimulate your eyes because there's nothing to look at. So your sense of hearing is heightened. In the desert places, it's easier to hear the voice of the Lord. And Jesus went to those places once in a while, often to hear his Father's voice. Because he only ever did what his Father was doing and he only ever said what his Father was saying. So if you're going to say what the Father is saying, you have to hear what he's saying first. And in these places of withdrawal in the wilderness... That's when you can hear. Before this passage of Scripture, Jesus is uh, having an argument with religious people. And after this passage of Scripture, he's in the middle of healing a guy who's paralyzed. There's a whole pile of ministry going on all around. There's people pushing and shoving to get close, to argue, to want to touch, all this stuff, all the time. And Jesus withdrew regularly to have his batteries recharged spiritually. That is so important. So we have just touched four areas of your intimate, personal prayer life. Letting your Heavenly Father tell you how much He loves you after you've told Him that. Have you noticed when we start singing those I love you, Lord, songs, there's something that kind of really stirs? It's, it's very intimate and personal. And your Father wants to tell you back, I love you too. That's you're my daughter and I love you and I'm proud of you. How we need to hear that. So what does this mean for our personal relationship with God? I've just described to you Jesus' prayer life, his personal, intimate prayer. Now, not, not praying for miracles or healing or casting out demons. What does it mean for your personal prayer life? Well, here's the deal, friends. Here's another quiz question. How many of you would say you are a follower of Jesus? Okay. So those of you who've got your hand up and said you're a follower of Jesus, do you realize that you're dead? You're a dead person walking. You died. Galatians 2.20 tells us, I have been crucified with Christ dead crucified and the life I now live I live by faith in the son of God who loves me and died for me 
you don't live anymore, Jesus lives in you. So I have just described to you Jesus' prayer life and he now lives in you. So guess what? That's what he is doing in you right now. That's what he wants to do. Jesus is continuing to pray. You realise that, don't you? He hasn't stopped praying. He's sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Oh, there's that word again interceding, praying for us. In fact, it gets even better. He sent his Holy Spirit to be in us because we don't know how to pray and he's praying in us on our behalf. This is awesome. You don't have to strive or worry or challenge. So don't go away from here going, oh, bother, I've been to another one of those seminars that makes me feel guilty and I'm going to try this for a week and that's as far as it will last if it's your own strength. But here's the deal. Go home and say it out loud. I'm dead and Jesus lives in me. I can't do it, but he can because Christ lives in me. That's how it works. It's, it's not us. It's Jesus and him alone. That's why it's all about grace. You cannot, you cannot work at this. You just got to surrender. Say, I'm dead. Now, that's a big deal. Because <laughs> if your flesh is anything like mine, it doesn't like staying dead. And it even looks religious because it wants to do good things. But you're dead. Jesus lives in you. So what does this look like in everyday Australia? What does this look like to actually have a personal, intimate relationship with God the Father... And, and begin to enjoy that and walk in that and grow in that. Kathy's going to come now and she's going to tell you and share with you her testimony, her journey into this place of intimacy with her Heavenly Father. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.